so you do this job for as long as I've done it, and, and stuff, it starts to affect you less, but this 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 uh, this first thing, it, it still hits a nerve. And even though I, I'm, I'm sure my coverage is still gonna come off very angry and disgusted, uh, this is this is the, the toned down professional version of the, the way Phil talks about this. But yeah, uh, let, let's just jump into it. Easily one of the most requested stories over the last few days, and that is this disgusting and infuriating situation with Dan and Nikki Philippi. They're a married couple, they're longtime YouTubers, and they went absolutely viral at the end of last week, but not for a good reason. They came out with this video called, We Have Some Really Sad News. And in the video, they explained that their dog, a bull terrier by the name of Bowser, had apparently bitten their child in the face. This after their kid apparently tried to take food away from the dog. Yeah, following this alleged incident, you had Dan Philippi saying, I wanted to pick Bowser up by the back of the neck and take him into the backyard and put him down right there. But instead of doing that, they sat down, they had a conversation, they had an expert come in to figure out how they can rehabilitate this dog, I'm lying. They actually end up having someone come to their home and put the dog down. Though I have seen a lot of people on the internet bothered by that description saying, that's not putting a dog down, that's just killing the dog. And with their reasoning being like, the dog wasn't at the end of its life, it didn't have some disease, it wasn't in pain. And following the couple uploading the video and sharing the story, the outrage was real. Initially starting small, but then growing bigger and bigger, and I don't think it's unjustified. We had many people saying, you know, sometimes your personal situation, especially if you have a, a small child, a, a baby, it, it, it can be justified as far as rehoming a dog. And yes, uh, at one point they say and claim that they talked to someone from the Humane Society who said that rehoming their dog would not be an option for them. But you also had the vast majority of people wondering why they didn't fight harder, talk to more people, to, to try and make something work. I mean, hell, one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life, I mean, we, we had those Yorkies years ago, we ended up actually having to rehome them with friends and family and they're in a much better place and a much better situation now. But I can't even imagine going, you know, the dog's been with me nine years or whatever, but I'm gonna kill it. It's crazy to me and disgusting to me. And then you see other weird and or questionable things. They appear to have done a photo shoot with the dog they're about to put down, even with the child right next to the dog. We've also begun to see videos of Dan Phillippi taking a smaller dog to aggravate Bowser, thrusting the dog in his face to get a reaction out of him. And it's all just left me with the question of what the fuck is wrong with y'all? How were you so disconnected from reality and decency? One, you thought making the video is a good idea. And two, you, you lack the general awareness that the dog seems to be triggered from getting antagonized. So instead of fighting harder to make rehoming work, finding an owner that doesn't antagonize him or doesn't have children that antagonize him, because hey, yes, children first, I agree with that. And sometimes things don't work out how you planned. But you decide to kill the fucking dog? And unfortunately, this is one of those situations where there's the question of what else were they doing to this dog? I mean, we have seen them publicly share them aggravating this apparently aggressive dog. So it makes you wonder, what were we not seeing? What wasn't being recorded on camera for public consumption? Also, if the situation is as you described it, right, uh, saying things like, you know, he's bitten as a puppy, he, it's led to aggression problems, he's had incidents over the years, the nine years that you had him, that also means you've had numerous opportunities and just an excessive amount of time to bring in specialists to help out, to get other opinions other than kill the fucking dog. Right, I mean, just based off of what you're putting out on the internet, it looks like you have the money to do so, you've had the opportunity and time. And actually, I think that's where I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna stop before I say something I regret. Also, numerous people have spoken on this. I think one of the best videos on it is from Lord DIY. She actually has the same breed of dog, and I feel like she does a great job of kind of poking holes through any of the, the BS excuses of why it was okay that it got to this point. But yeah, I'll link down below. That's the story, some of my personal takeaway. And now I, of course, pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on this? Then, in 
entertainment news, we should definitely talk about whatever the hell that Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather press conference was. We had a lot of people saying, you know, it was okay. The, the two were standing off. They had kind of threw barbs at one another. And then Jake Paul did something that sold the hell out of the fight, but uh, not the fight that's happening. Because he and Floyd Mayweather, they, they start mouthing off to one another. And then Jake Paul randomly pulls out the middle school move of taking his hat, which in 0.3 seconds was followed by him getting swarmed by bodyguards. It looks like maybe some punches were thrown. You had Mayweather saying, I'm gonna kill that guy. And while everyone had opinions on if that was the biggest D-bag move or the funniest thing in the world, most people were like, I don't even care about the Logan Paul fight. I just wanna see Mayweather and Jake fight. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people said, you know, I think this might've been faked for press. My reaction to that is no, I really don't think so. I think the only thing that Floyd Mayweather cares more about than money is his reputation. But yeah, I guess congratulations to Jake Paul. I think you've all but guaranteed that Mayweather will kill you. It's just a question of if it's gonna happen in the ring or not. Also in other news, but kind of a connected story, we have updates around that lawsuit that Triller filed against numerous defendants for illegally streaming the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight. Right, we talked about that reported $100 million lawsuit. You had uh, YouTubers like H3 Productions listed as a defendant. Though you had Ethan Klein denying that he ever broadcasted the fight, that he just watched an already available link. But now we actually have updates to this because Emily Baker, who's a lawyer and legal commentator, she posted a very long and in-depth video on the situation. And there, she actually found that on May 6th, the court issued an order essentially saying that Triller did not provide enough evidence or facts in their lawsuit to be suing all these defendants jointly. With them also notably saying that Triller has not proven the harm they are suffering and seemingly insulting the fight while doing so, saying, Plaintiff does not, however, explain what irreparable harm it, con it continues to suffer from the availability of copies of a live sporting event that occurred weeks ago. The SAS. The outcome of which is publicly available and lasted less than two minutes. The court thinks that the fight sucked. With it then essentially saying that the court can drop without prejudice the majority of the defendants and is doing so for all defendants except one, filmdaily.com, meaning that H3 is no longer part of the lawsuit. However, important note here, Triller could refile everything as individual lawsuits later on. But from that, let's take a second to pay some bills and thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Keeps. You know, two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time that they're 35. You know, everyone's got that someone in their life, right? That brother, uncle, or friend dealing with hair loss. And if you don't wanna go down that road, you don't have to just wait and sit idly by. Because Keeps helps you stop hair loss before it's too late with their scientific and affordable approach to treatments that are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. And Keeps actually offers generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products that are out there. So some of you may have actually already tried them before, but probably never at this price. Which actually on that note, for a limited time, you beautiful bastards can get 50% off your order. All without having to go in person to your doctor's office to get a prescription because with Keeps, they deliver the products directly to your home. It is that easy. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash DeFranco or just click that link in the description down below to receive 50% off your first order. Then in, in a different kind of NFT news, because for the most part, 95% uh, of it is really, really famous person, sells an NFT, makes a bunch of money news. And instead, what we have today is a group of high school and college students kind of uh, I don't know if exploit is the right word, but taking advantage of the fact that really anyone can mint an NFT, even if they don't own the thing that is being minted. So what we're seeing here is that this group of students has taken some of the most controversial tweets from Donald Trump and turned them into NFTs in an attempt to gain one last win over the former president. And so they have this website, drumpf.io, reading Trump tweets for sale, 100% profits to charities he hates, environmentally friendly. And while some of the money earned from all this is gonna go to kind of a general fund where they'll figure out what charity to go to, some of the others 
others, depending on the tweet itself, are tweet-specific charities. Right? If the tweet is seen as anti-Asian, it could go to the Asian American Legal Defense and Education Fund and the Asian Pacific Fund, as well as some of the other charities being the, the Clinton Foundation, the American Civil Liberties Union, and Doctors Without Borders. With Jackie Nee, the chief meme officer of SMG, which are the, the students behind this project known as Strategic Meme Group, telling us over the weekend, because we don't want people to forget about the things Trump did or the things he said. And we typically have like pretty short memories when it comes to like politicians and people. So what we wanted to do is just make sure that people remember like this man is really flawed. Um, this man is actually really hateful. If you look at his past tweets, you know, like these are these are not presidential. These are not like human, honestly, For, as an AAPI person myself and also our founders, uh, Jason Yu and Theodore Horn, we're all AAPI. And so, you know, Trump's tweets have had a negative impact on us. Um, and so we were just thinking, you know, like, is there a way to get something good out of this? Is there a way that we can potentially benefit the community he harmed? and, you know, try to make something good out of something that's really, really bad. And ultimately, that's where we are. It'll be interesting to see where all of this ends up. Right now, they've raised already over $11,000. Hey, isn't bad considering they only launched the NFT site a couple weeks ago. Then let's talk Doge, Elon Musk, and SNL. We knew that space meme billionaire on SNL was gonna be good ratings, but we didn't know what those numbers were gonna look like. But I mean, we knew it was gonna be big. For one, it was the first episode of the show to be live streamed globally on YouTube. I mean, hell, just his monologue alone on YouTube racked up more than five and a half million views, which is massive on its own, but especially when you compare it to just uh, over a month ago, you had Carrie Mulligan's monologue only getting 815,000 views. You know, while the episode saw a big bump, it was actually not the biggest episode of the season, poorly being beaten out by the Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock episode. And while, you know, everyone has opinions on what was funny, what wasn't funny, blah, 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 I'm not gonna comment on that. We did see this episode trend and make headlines for two other reasons. One, Elon Musk announced, I'm actually making history tonight as the first person with Asperger's to host SNL. Or at least the first to admit it. Which, well, you had some people saying that was inspiring. You had others noting that Dan Aykroyd, who once starred on SNL and has gone on to host the show, has also been very public about his Asperger's. And then, of course, the second reason was the cryptocurrency Doge, Dogecoin. Where if you looked on social media, there was so much hype about Elon on SNL. What's he gonna do with Dogecoin? Is he just gonna joke about it? Is he gonna tell everyone to buy it? Is, he, is Elon launching his own crypto? With a lot of people who, of course, say, I'm not a financial advisor because <laughs> they don't want to get sued, saying, I think this is gonna go to a dollar, a dollar fifty tonight. But in Instead, what we ended up seeing was a massive sell-off during the show, falling nearly 30%. With some even going on to blame Elon Musk for what he did on the show during a bit on Weekend Update. But essentially, the whole bit is them saying, but okay, but what is Dogecoin? And then he'd say something else. Okay, but what is Dogecoin? Until he says... I keep telling you, it's a cryptocurrency you can trade for conventional money. Oh, so it's a hustle. Yeah, it's awesome. So there you had people saying, look, he's saying it right there. It's not a real thing. This is a hustle. It's a pyramid scheme. It's a house of cards, a insert, whatever. But on the other hand, you had people saying, it's just a skit. It's just a joke. And while the debate's happening there, we saw Musk yesterday, and we, we don't know if it was pre-planned or it's kind of reactionary to, to all the backlash. We saw Musk announce that his company SpaceX is literally going to be sending Dogecoin to the moon, saying on Twitter that the company plans to launch a lunar satellite named Doge One next year that will be paid for in Dogecoin. Then, in U.S. politics news, we'll start with the Biden administration announcing this morning that it's reinstating anti-discrimination healthcare protections for transgender Americans. Notably, this move reverses a decision by the Trump administration last June that redefined sex to mean gender assigned at birth. And that policy effectively excluded trans people from sex discrimination protections outlined under the Affordable Care Act, which outlaws bias on the basis of race, 
color, national origin, sex, age, or disability. Right? Under the Obama administration, the term sex was interpreted to include trans people who suffer from the medically recognized condition known as gender dysphoria, but the Trump administration's change made it easier for doctors, insurance companies, and other providers to deny coverage for trans people. So now that the Department of Health and Human Services under Biden has reverted to the Obama definition, providers and organizations that receive federal funding will be banned from discriminating based on someone's gender identity or sexual orientation. Also, according to reports, the HHS Office for Civil Rights can now investigate complaints of sex discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity again. And on top of that, medical providers can now face sanctions for violations of the law. Then, let's definitely talk about this situation with ransomware hackers. Right, a lot of the time when you hear ransomware, you're like, oh, my computer or, you know, grandma's giving me a call, she's confused. You know, ransomware has become a very, very big problem for very large companies as well as the government, whether it be a local or on a national level. And the most recent example of that is on Friday, the country's largest fuel pipeline shut down after it suffered a cybersecurity attack from ransomware hackers. Though it was unclear at that time if the hackers had directly crippled the line or if the company that owns the line, Colonial Pipeline, had voluntarily taken it offline. However, the next day you had Colonial announcing that they took their system offline themselves, saying that it was done as a precautionary measure out of fear that the hackers had gained enough information to attack vulnerable parts of the pipeline. And this has continued throughout the weekend. As of this morning, most of the pipeline is still shut down. You know, this is extremely concerning news, right? It supplies 45% of the East Coast fuel. Are you talking about 2.5 million barrels of refined gas, diesel, and jet fuel every single day? With an energy analyst telling Politico, this is the most significant successful attack on energy infrastructure we know of in the United States. With one Wells Fargo analyst outlining three different scenarios. One, if there is a partial restart by Wednesday, there will be, quote, no significant or lasting impact. Two, if the outage lasts six to 10 days, refiners may need to reduce the amount of crude oil that they process. Inventories will rise in the U.S. Gulf Coast, causing prices to fall, while prices in the East Coast would jump. Or three, if the outage lasts more than 10 days, refiners in the Gulf Coast will almost definitely have to reduce their runs, leading to potentially significant fuel shortages in the Southeast. And so with that being a possibility and in an attempt to move resources to keep fuel supplies open, yesterday you had the Transportation Department issuing emergency declarations in 17 states in D.C. Though a concerning and important note here is that those increased supplies aren't anywhere near enough to match the pipeline's capacity. So that is where we are right now. We're obviously going to keep our eyes on it. But as far as who is actually behind this attack, today we actually had the FBI confirm that it was the hacking group Darkside. With CNBC noting that Darkside is a relatively new group, but it operates along a, quote, ransomware as a service business model. With it reportedly saying of the ransom, we are apolitical, we do not participate in geopolitics, do not need to tie us with a defined government and look for our motives. Noting our goal is to make money with it adding that it doesn't target hospitals or schools and that it plans to donate some of the ransom to charity. But of course, you also have some of these charities turning down those donations, right? It would likely be dirty money. And actually, somewhat connected to this, we've now started seeing renewed reports that President Joe Biden is planning to sign an order that aims to strengthen cyber defenses. The New York Times writing that drafts of the order have been circulating online for weeks, but that it would, quote, create a series of digital safety standards for federal agencies and contractors that develop software for the federal government, such as multi-factor authentication. It would also require federal agencies to take a zero-trust approach to software vendors, granting them access to federal systems only when necessary. And it would require that vulnerabilities in software be reported to the U.S. government, with violators risking having their products banned from being sold altogether to the federal government, which would kill the viability in the commercial market. And ultimately, with this story, or honestly, anything that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below, because this is the end of the show. As always, thank you for watching, liking, subscribing to the channel and videos. If you're looking for more to watch, you get covered with more news and podcasts right here or in the top links down below. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.